got it. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Gruesome Herzog, and my very special guest tonight is, in my eyes, an icon in horror and movie screens, period. It's the lovely Sybil Danning. How you doing, Sybil? I'm doing great, Scott. I can call you Scott, right? Yes, you can. All right. Great being with you. Thank you very much. How you doing there in Pennsylvania? Oh, uh, well, the snow's melting, and it's pretty decent. Yeah, you're, uh, all the water's coming over here in California. We're like half underwater. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but we're good. We can't complain. That's great. Now, if you don't mind, I know you started it in a career in the 60s, but uh, if we do every movie, that means we're probably going to be here for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, so I'm going to try and cut it down a little bit. And I would like to start in 1980, if you don't mind, in a good old flick called Night Kill. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, in case the listeners haven't seen this movie, would you be willing to uh, give us a slight taste of uh, your experience? Well, I tell you something. Uh, Night Kill is a movie. I don't know how many people saw that. Um, it was a lot of fun. We shot in uh, in Miami. Um, Ted Post, uh, excuse me, in Miami. What am I saying? In Miami, um, we shot in Arizona, and uh, Ted Post directed that. It was a wonderful movie with uh, the ever, ever interesting great, wonderful Robert Mitchum. You got it. Oh, my God. I had been a great fan of his, and when I met him, uh, we, we had a lot of fun talking, and of course, I love Jacqueline Smith, too, and we worked together, um, but Robert Mitchum is just, I mean, I, you know, I loved him, and the funny thing is, he, um, he loved being on the set all the time. As a matter of fact, Ted had to keep him off the set when he was not shooting because um, he just didn't want to go home. And on the days he wasn't shooting, he was there. But the problem was, when he wasn't shooting, he would, like, have a, a couple of drinks, and he, <laughs> the, the cameras would be rolling, and he would, like, be talking, Yeah, boy, go get him. <laughs> and he'd have his own comments, and we were dying laughing quietly while he was interrupting the shots. <laughs> And he, he kept promising, oh, no, no, I'm not going to say anything. And the director had to call cut and start all over again. Oh, God. But he just couldn't get, you know, Robert to leave the set because he just loved, lived, and breathed his work. Yeah. And um, But he wouldn't be quiet either because he was so into the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but they got the shots all right, and, and he was happy. And um, it was a very interesting um, thriller. And uh, and it was great working with uh, with Jacqueline Smith. It was also my first trip to Arizona, the beautiful Camelback Mountains there. So it was great. And Rob Mitchum had that distinguished voice also. Oh yes, oh uh, absolutely, with that whiskey voice, he was amazing. <laughs> yes. But a very nice man, I must say, he was a gentleman and a very nice man. You know what? There's another one here, if you don't mind. It's called the. Now this might bring my. Bring your memories, but uh, it's with Anthony Quinn. It's The Salamander in 81, a nice thriller. Oh, wow, The Salamander, yes. Well, that was based on a very famous book. I don't know if people know that. Um, the Salamander was um, um, based on the book called The Salamander, written by Morris West, who also wrote The Shoes of the Fisherman. Okay. 
and um, and it's based on a true story. There was um, actually, you know, Morris West was in Italy at the time. It was the 60s, and there was almost a fascist coup that was going to take over in um, in Italy. And so this is all based on a true story. And uh, and I play Lily Andrews, who is actually she's Polish, working for the communists in Italy, spying on the fascists. So um, I, I really enjoyed that role. It was um, it was an honor for me to be in that movie, and of course I was a huge fan of, of Anthony Quinn. Yep, and and, uh, and I also like Franco Nero. I mean, I don't know how many people have seen his Jungle movies, but I really loved him as Jungle. Remember him? Yep, the westerns where he uh, dragged the coffin behind him mm-hmm. and looked really rugged and great. So. I mean, Franco and I have done a few movies together. So, you know, we did um, the um, the Salamander. Then we also did um, um, let's see, what was that called? The, the Sam Marlowe movie. Oh, um, yep, yep. We did that one, and uh, and um, we did another one in Italy. So we've we've worked together a, a few times and really had a lot of fun. Mm. Um, he was great to work with, and. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was called San Marlo Private Eye. Yep, that's, that's it. That's what it was called here. You know, the names always change. And the one that the other one we did was called Il Giorno del Cobra, the Day of the Cobra. Oh. And um, we shot that. That was a lot of fun too. We shot that in Italy, um, in uh, in Genova, in beautiful Genova. But to get back to the Salamander, uh, the Salamander was was a lot of fun because. As you could see, there were beautiful locations. We shot all over Rome, and also Venice. Right. And, uh, and there were other wonderful people in there too. I mean, Christopher Lee. Yep. Martin Balsam. Yeah. yeah my, oh, Martin Balsam and I. We used to go and, and have lunch together and, and uh, drink together, and he'd have wonderful uh, stories to tell. I love Martin Balsam. And Christopher. I mean, Christopher Lee was in there. We've done a total of five movies together. So. Wow. It's like, you know, family getting together. And then, of course, Cleveland Little, a sweet guy who's no longer with us. And then Paul Smith and I, who did another movie together, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the beautiful Cardia, Cardi- Claudia Cardinale. Oh, yes. So it was quite a, quite a lineup. And Eli Wallach. Don't forget Eli Wallach, too. Well, I, lineup. well I think there's two movies I'm going to be mentioning right now. I think uh, me being 42 and... Born in '68, I can remember these two being on a cable channel quite often, and it was with Lou Ferrigno. Phenomenal movies, The Seven Magnificent Gladiators in 1983. Wow. What a cast! Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, we um, we actually did uh, two movies back to back, and those mm-hmm. are the two that we did. We yep. did the Seven Magnificent Gladiators, and of course had Lou, and uh, he was the lead gladiator, of course, and um, and I was one of his gladiators, and and Brad Harris. Yep. He, uh, I think he he stayed on in in Rome, and he lived there and did other movies, um, but mainly Brad Harris. Uh, I mean, uh, I think Mandy Rice Davies was in on that one too. Yeah. But we had a wonderful time because um, Lou and I were invited by Canon Films at that time to go to the big, famous 
Cannes Film Festival together, and we took pictures together because we were on our way from Cannes, in the south of France, to Rome to shoot both of those movies back to back. So we were there taking a lot of pictures as um, in in the Seven Magnificent Gladiators as the two gladiators, and um, and Hercules, um, yep. as everyone knows, Blue played Hercules in that one. Um, so we had a great time together doing all the publicity and everything, and then we went to Rome. And um, we got to work right away with our um, stunt guys because we had to brush up on our sword fighting, and um, and then we had to get familiar with our horses and uh, to ride our horses. I do my own horseback riding in there, so yep. does Lou. And... Um, and I have to tell you, you know, Lou was wonderful. He was like a little child because he said all his life he had... That's really what uh, inspired him to work out so hard because he always wanted to be Hercules or play Hercules. That's and cool. so the day had come, and you have to admit, I mean, he... That was his heyday. I mean, he looked, mm -hmm. he looked like a god. I mean, he really looked like a Greek god. Yep. And... Uh, but, you know, that was hard, hard work. He worked a long time for that. And I remember going, you know, having lunch with him, and we talk about our role and, and we go over uh, dialogue. I mean, Lou, you know, when people go in an Italian restaurant, you order one bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> he ordered a whole, I mean, you know, it's like a, like a plate. Right. He ordered, like, a bowl where other people would have salad in it for four, <laughs> he would order a big bowl. He needed that to bulk up. Yeah. So yeah. he would eat those carbohydrates. He would eat a whole huge bowl of pasta. Then he would have another huge bowl like that of salad. Wow. And then he'd eat a whole chicken because he for the protein. Jeez. So he was really working hard, bulking up, and he was just incredible. And we had a lot of fun on, on that show, too. So both of them were wonderful. And, of course, Rome is not a bad place to shoot. We shot in the city and then along the, the coastline where all the ruins were. Right. And, um, um, yeah. Um, we had uh, two different directors. I forget the name of the magnificent gladiator one. But Christine um, was uh, Luigi Cotti. Right. Lewis Coates, uh, as he's known in uh, in the United States. So now the next movie that uh, in '84, which you played a mercenary, I think. Now is this not your? F this is probably your first lead role in the '80s in Panther Squad. Oh, Panther Squad! <laughs> I saw that well, one too. That was my first producing. So as okay. a producer, I hired myself. <laughs> so how was that? Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting because I just did an interview for uh, Fangoria magazine, which is coming out in February with my new film, Virus X. Mm -hmm. And um, the person, um, Vivian, the um, interviewer, um, one of her favorite movies because she's also putting me in an entire chapter of her book. Um, Lillian Spider Baby is the name oh. she goes by, and she's giving me an entire chapter. It's about women in B movies, and one of her favorite movies of all time of my movies is Panther Squad. Yep. And that's a movie that not many talk about because it was really very low budget. It was my first produced, well, 
my first producing where I got a credit. I mean, when I was in Europe before I came to the United States, I had put together a movie where we were nominated for Best Foreign Film, which was called Operation Thunderbolt. That was the raid on Entebbe, where I played the um, Gabriele Tiedemann, the German terrorist. And I put all that together. That was all German money, German distribution, but I never got um, I never got paid for that or or a credit. Um, so. I had done that already when I was in Europe, also God's Gun. Um, on that movie, a lot of people don't know that God's Gun was shot in Israel, and they ran out of money for that, and I helped them raise money to continue on the movie. Okay. Didn't get credit on that. So here I am in the States. I have learned from the best in Hollywood, and I learned that when you put money together and you get distribution and you do those kind of things, that's called producing, and you get a credit, and normally you get paid for it. Right. So in this case, um, I said, okay, I'll be in this movie. I want to be a part of it, but I also want to be a producer. Uh, and I will take my risk from the back end and, um, and brought in, um, you know, I, I, I brought in the music and, um, and my, um, my manager did a rewrite because uh, the writing was actually my partner was French. And by the time it got to the Spaniards, we shot it in Spain. Um, the dialogue didn't make that much sense, and, and uh, my manager at the time um, rewrote it, and he um, he really gave it uh, some fun because I mean here we are, Panther Squad, low budget. Uh, it was a French, Spanish, American co-production. I was the co-producer, and um, I'm a partner in um, in the United States uh, market, and. Um, we went to Spain, um, and here we were. I mean, you can see we didn't have a lot of helicopters, fast cars, right. uh, speedboats, and <laughs> tanks or anything like that. We did a lot of running. So my Panther Squad girls and I, we were very good on our feet. And we weren't bad uh, fighting off the um, the South American militia either. Right. Um, we worked with the stunt guys in Spain, and they were very good. I mean, so actually what we did do ourselves and what we could do, um, we had no stunt doubles. Everything we did, we did ourselves, but we really worked on that so that it looked good, whether it was, um, you know, choke holding the guys or kicking them or um, uh, just plain beating them up. Um, we were good at it. Right, and we had a lot of fun doing it because the low-budget movies, sometimes like that one, you know, we didn't have a lot to work with, so we had to be creative, and and we enjoyed it. But we looked good, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. My for, girls, <laughs> for a teenager, oh, <laughs> my girls oh, were not yeah. bad. No, yeah. well, the the next one um, is one of my favorite horror movies that you're in. Um, as a matter of fact, I posted a trailer. I have a blog that posts all these old trailers and stuff. And it was Howling 2, Your Sister oh. is a Werewolf in 85. I've got a lot of comments about this one. One of my favorites. Um, you want to make comments or you got them on your no, blog? <laughs> I did I did get comments on my blog about that, that YouTube video, that, you know, the, the, the video for it. People love that movie to, to this day yet. Well, but you know, then there are critics that write them uh, that really hate it, and they say it's stupid and it's bad, and oh well, and um, you know. But I don't care. I, I mean, I know John, Joe Dante. I love his work. 
I, um, you know, I did work with him on Amazon Women on the Moon, but he was one of the directors of that. I know him personally. I've been to his home. He's a great director. I love him. And still, I always say to him, your, your howling is the best. He says, no, yours is the best. And, <laughs> and I say, no, yours is the best. And he says, well, yours is the most fun. I say, that it is. You've got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, look, um, we didn't have Rob Botin, okay? Um, Joe had a little better and bigger budget than we did. And those werewolves are uh, Rob Botin's work, okay? When we did Howling 2, we we were, I guess, lucky enough on the one hand and not lucky uh, to have to go to, at that time, Czechoslovakia, today the Czech Republic, which was still behind the Iron Curtain. Right. Um, the nice thing about that is, you know, actors love to be on location because if you walk into an old castle, which is where we shot... You're totally into the scene. It's a lot more fulfilling than being on a stage. And, okay, you walk out the door and there's the the craft services, you know. But there you walk into the cold, you know, rooms and you you come into a room that is candlelit and it has all the atmosphere, which, you know, Philippe Mora as a director is so known for. I mean, he really gives the movie beautiful atmosphere and uh, you walk into that castle so we were lucky that we could actually do this in a country where you really felt like we were in uh, Romania and in the old country right and um, of course working with Christopher uh, was not bad and I have to tell you I learned one thing probably the most important thing from him he said you know Sybil I always take every role I do very seriously (laughs) <laughs> and and I learned that from him yep. because from when I was still in Europe when we worked together to um, the Howling um, you know here we were I mean how you have to really keep your dignity when you're standing there with nothing but blonde hair taped all over your body right um, and still you know play the role but Christopher was serious in his role like he says no matter what and I am too so it doesn't matter what character I play once I sign on to play that character I take it serious and I think that's what my fans and Christopher's fans too love so much about us that we take those roles serious I mean you know there are actors and I don't want to mention one in particular who um, did a movie and then when the movie was over she and I were asked to do the publicity and she wanted nothing more to do with the movie and she said no I don't I don't want to promote it and I don't like the movie and I should have never done it and I think either I do it and I stand to it or right. I don't do it right. and that's something that I think you know we had a lot of fun doing Philippe um, gave it a great atmosphere I think the cast was fantastic I mean Marcia yep. Hunt was great too and um Annie McEnroe, oh, she was so adorable, and and of course, um, you know Christopher. So, mm-hmm. and playing his sister, I mean, how how interesting. And we had a pretty good band too. I think that music was yeah. good. that was a Czech band, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I will say, uh, what what kills me today is you got these people, critics who criticize '80s movies, '80s horror only because they can't match up to technology today, and that is so wrong. I mean, I'm a diehard 80s horror fan, or 80s anything, and, you know, I just, 
I enjoy it because it's my childhood growing up, you know, and that's just the way it is. But people would just bash on 80s stuff. I mean, come, give me a break. You know what I mean? The technology yeah. is way different back then than it is now. Yeah, well, look look when we did uh, Amazon Women on the Moon, we were making fun of the um, the, the, the 50s. Mm-hmm. With the paper moon hanging from mm-hmm. a string, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the moon as a piece of cheese. And, I mean, that's okay to make fun and spoof that, too, but you're absolutely right. Movies like The Howling, too, you have to take serious. And, mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, you know, Tron or whatever it is, um, you, you cannot compare nope. uh, these movies technically. You know, it's... It's it's become so the movies have become so technical right now that yep. um, it's actually nice to see a movie like The Fighter where you know I just saw that and I really love The Fighter. I mean it's it's nice to see movies for what they are and mm-hmm. uh, um, and they don't have to be all technical and sometimes CGI nowadays is, is so bad and so overdone that I prefer I prefer movies that you know like The Howling too that I think. Um, did quite well and took itself as serious as you can. Right, being a werewolf movie. Right, you know? right, and not and not to mention the actors, w- w- along with yourself, back in the eighties. Like this next movie I'm going to talk about called The Tomb in '86. You had John Carradine, Cameron Mitchell. You know, I mean, these guys uh, back in the eighties. Of course, they've been in, in movies long before that. But they take their job seriously. And when you watch an eighties movie like that, you can tell that the actors, including yourself or, like, veterans of the art. You know what I mean? You know exactly how to do your role and to do it enough to make it look good compared to today's movies where an actress can be half as good, but they can digitalize it to make it look even better, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I think that's why this um, journalist that did the interview A for Fangoria on behalf of Virus X coming out now and they're big fans of mine mm-hmm. but asked and did a long interview with me for her book because it is about the greatest B-movie actresses of all time yep. and she talks about the same thing she has the same kind of respect for those movies in those days um, I mean what I did in those days basically Angelina Jolie started doing in the 90s with Tomb Raider. Right, right. So, but if Tomb Raider would have been done by Roger Corman, for instance, it would have been a B-movie. So, to me, budgets are always, A and B are just budgets anyhow. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean... Exactly. Thank God for all the fans, including yourself and all the fans out there that love B-movies, because I do too, and I have ne- I've always been very proud of everything I've done. And I don't mind being called uh, the queen of the bees, the whatever you want to call me. I love it. And by the way, before we leave the Howling Two mm-hmm. and go to the tomb, mm-hmm. I want to tell you and my fans out there, and I think you'll be very happy to know, the Howling Two, when it came out on DVD, it was like the number one seller for MGM in the UK. Sony bought it from MGM here. It came out number one. And and can you believe those guys? I mean, I called up the director and I said, I hear it's coming out and we should do some comments. And so uh, he said, yeah, great, call over. I called over there. They said, oh, Miss Denning, thank you so much. We already uh, have the DVD ready to go out, but if we ever put out Howling 1 and 2, we'll get back to you and we'll do a special with you. And I said, yeah, and the director maybe? 
<laughs> I mean, they never even picked up the phone. We were ready to do this for free, to oh, do it for man. our fans. They I mean, it's it. unbelievable. Okay? They blew it. So, but what came out of it, something good came out of it, I said, you know what, Philippe, let's do another one. Because that one is going to do very well. It's done so well. And by the way, it ended up being number one on the DVD list here and their sales for Sony and MGM in the UK and all over the world. I mean, the DVD just went through the roof because all the older fans that had seen the movie, yep. like yourself, and then the younger people went to see it too. The young fans, okay, yep. that had never seen the movie. Bravo. So it did very well. So I said, listen, let's do another one, okay? And he says, you know what, I'm going to talk to Gary Brandner, who is the author who wrote all the Howling books and all seven movies were based on, okay? Mm-hmm. And he calls me like the next day and he says, Sybil, I talked to Gary and he says, good idea, bad idea. I said, okay, give me bad idea first. He said, bad idea about doing another Howling because the rights are so tangled up and he thinks seven is enough. Good idea, he said, let's start a new franchise. He said, Sybil, you will be the lead character in there. Philippe Mora, you will direct it, and I, Gary, will write it. So, here we are. We have now a new franchise. I just now, uh, about a week ago, got in the first screenplay. Wow. And it is going to have to do, the first one will have to do with werewolves, but it will not only be werewolves. We'll be dealing with werewolves, vampires, Creatures of the night and changelings, as we call them. No kidding. So here we are. We've got it now. We've got it going, and um, we are now going to. Uh, it's called <coughs> Night Hunters. So we are going to be meeting after the beginning of the year and go over the first draft and and do our, have our little meeting and then move on. Congratulations. It's called Night Hunters. Thank you. Thank you for bringing some of that stuff back. We need some but of that. Tomb, now i got to tell you, Scott, I love the tomb because, yeah, I really love that. Um, hey, I was a jewel thief. Who wouldn't love that? Yeah, I, mean, I know. You fly your own plane. You, you have your competition. You wipe out the competition, and I was ready for it because I had my... My, um, you know, my bullet belt and, um, <laughs> and machine gun and everything ready. I was, uh, I was you know... I was going to, um, by all means, um, protect uh, my diamonds and my uh, my treasure. And I loved that role, even though it was small. But uh, when she was there, she was good. Yep. Now, what was it like to work and with... And Fred, my, my dear friend Fred Owen Ray directed yep. that. Yep. Now, what was it like to work with John Carradine? Oh, well, he's a... What I have to I tell you, him. the Carradines are all... Mm-hmm. He's the, he is not the only Carradine I worked with. I worked with him, and then in Rome, I shot a movie called, uh, it was called Arrivino Joe and Margarito. I don't know what the title was here. Do you know that? No, I don't. With, it was with Keith Carradine and Tom Skerritt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going um, to blank. Arrivino Joe, uh, Arriving Joe and Margarito, those are the two guys. So I don't know what it was called here in this country. Um, oh, yeah. But it was wonderful working with, with Keith and, and, of course, Tom Skerritt. I just love Tom Skerritt. So. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame about the son, the other son, David. That was sad. Well, David, I know David, and um, I've spent time with him. I've been to his home. I, I knew one of his wives, and 
we actually sat and talked and 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 drank and this was a this was a wonderful uh, kind of a ranch house he had outside of Los Angeles and I mean he he was a great character we were, I remember we were sitting there his wife he and I were sitting there having a drink and all of a sudden this goat walks through the living room <laughs> and I said oh <laughs> I thought did I have one whiskey too many he says no no no, no you saw right that's a goat. <laughs> he says, oh, how cute. He says, oh, yeah, our animals, they're, they're just, you know, we feel so one with our animals. And the animals are roaming in and out. I mean, cats and dogs, forget it. Goats and chickens and everything. And it was just, <laughs> that's the kind of guy he was. He was such a free spirit. Yes. Such a free spirit that uh, I was really, I was just, I mean, if you want me to send you a picture with him, I have a nice picture with him. Cool. I mean, I, I would like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, he was uh, a great guy. I he had, you know, he was somebody that obviously had a very dark side, but a lot of us have that. Oh yes, definitely. Wonderful, you know, definitely. light side that everybody sees, and then that dark side. And not everyone always gets to see the dark side until it's very dark. Yeah. Well, I don't want I want to get off of the sadness for a couple seconds here. Yeah. The next movie that I skipped through a couple because, like I said, there's a lot. But there's one that you're going to laugh at me, and I'm going to ask you about because you I'm mean you skipped one of my movies, Scott? I thought you were my fan. <laughs> How dare you skip one of my movies? <laughs> well, if I did, I'll be here all night. But I'm going to come over to Pennsylvania and and, and bring my bullwhip <laughs> and, and kick my ass, right? <laughs> yeah, Just kick your don't ass. Treat me, don't you skip treat one of my movies. <laughs> Which uh, one did you skip? Do you remember? No. No. <laughs> well, the one you mentioned about the Amazon women, but uh, that's not the one I'm going to talk about. Um, the one that that my dad loves, believe it or not, is the <laughs> Phantom Empire in 89. <laughs> Can you believe oh. that? Does he like the part where I take Jeffrey Holmes prisoner, maybe? <laughs> yes. Is that it? Yes. Could be. Could be. Well, that's, that's uh, Fred Olin Ray again, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, but listen, you have to, I mean, talking about having fun and great B-movies. That's a great little B-movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you knock it, here I am coming from another planet, <laughs> and I crash my spaceship, and I'm in this mine, mining diamonds for fuel to get the hell off of this planet and back <laughs> to my planet, and uh, and I take, uh, you know, Jeffrey Holmes prisoner. I mean... Um, and my outfits, of course, were were great, and um, and everybody loves Robbie the robot, who oh, was my yeah. buddy there. So, yeah. I mean, leave it up to Fred. Those are the kind of movies he loves. If he can have little creatures or little fantasy figures in there, but Robbie the robot was not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And I love the artwork in that movie. The- DVD cover. Oh, yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad, yeah. I, can remember, I can remember my dad watching that. Even to the, today, he, he still has that copy and he still watches it. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. it is cute. I loved that movie. I loved it. And and those were all of, you know, Fred's old buddies, you know, and, and my friends, too, that I've seen so many times. I mean, I, I only work with Jeffrey Combs in that one role, but Ross Hagen and Robert Corey, who's mm-hmm. no longer with us. I and, know. And Russ Tamblin. Uh, you know, those are all uh, wonderful. Uh, and Michelle Bauer, excuse me. I mean, she and her gorgeous body has been in many of um, of Fred's uh, movies. So you can't uh, you can't knock that. And of course, Robbie the Robot, who oh. I really love. Yeah, and you're right. The artwork was really fantastic. And you can't knock my costumes, which 
in just about every movie is always spectacular. Right. Well, I am going to move tonight to 2007, and okay. I like this movie, Grindhouse in 2007. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Great cast. Yes. And should I just? You got any particular questions? Nope, nope. Just, just, just to, you know, I like to hear that the listeners like to hear your experience from doing like the '80s and '90s types movies to a grindhouse type horror thriller. I mean, what what was it like to basically do two two kinds of worlds of the movie industry? If you know what I mean. Well, you know, um, you have to, and I want to point out one thing and thank all my fans while I'm doing this. Thank you, Scott, mm-hmm. and all my fans for being there even when I was gone. Because after L.A. Bounty in 1989, I had um, I had uh, an accident in the gym and had Ooh. to have back surgery. I was gone for 14 years. I don't know if my fans realize that. Some do, some don't. Some don't know it's been that long. But here I am. I mean, coming back after 89, I did not do a movie. I saw that. I was afraid to ask. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to pry. Thank you. And I appreciate your, your, you know, your sensitivity there, but I ain't sensitive. I'm just telling you, Danning's back, and I came back kicking ass, and what I was ready to do, I said, okay. I saw The Devil's Rejects. And I was at a, at a memorabilia show, and I met um, um, Ken Foray there, the wonderful African American actor. I love Ken. I he met works him with, too. with Rob Zombie all the time. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I really loved uh, Devil's Rejects, and I, I really would love to work with Rob. Give me his phone number. And he said, I can't do that, but I will tell him you would like to work with him. Shortly thereafter, I get a call from Rob. Come on in. He's doing. Werewolf Woman of the SS, and I thought I've I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here I was. I came to Hollywood to lose my German accent because I didn't always want to play survivor of the Nazi, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was never cast that until 2007, and here we are, the Krupp sisters. Um, so I came in. I went in. I met Rob. I met uh, Sherry, his wife. And I was there, and he had the wigs there, and he wanted to see what we looked like. And it was like, you know, I came in, and, hey, you want to work with me? It's just so great, because it was like, come on in, try the wigs on, and this, this, you know, and we want to get your, your costumes and your measurements and everything. And I knew that Rob, um, you know, is a collector of memorabilia, so I brought him. And I thought, well, if he has it, to hell with it. If he doesn't, great. It was his birthday. It was in January. This was around his birthday. I brought him my, I gave him the last poster, I have to go find some again, of The Howling 2. Wow. I gave him my last poster, and I gave him a copy, uh, a DVD of The Howling 2. And I thought, if he has it. So anyhow, I took it there, and he was busy, and they said, just put it in his office. We'll put it in his office. So they put it in his office. We did the trying on and everything. Oh, great, Sybil. And and it just so turned out he's a fan of mine. I want to leave, and somebody says, Oh, Rob wants you to come into his office, and I thought, oh, no, now what? Um, But I knew what was coming, so I went in there, and he said, Sybil, thank you. He says, you know what? I do not have the DVD, and I do not have the poster, and I love that movie, and thank you so much, but I'm not going to let you go before you sign it. So I signed him the poster, I signed him the DVD, and I left. Now we're shooting, okay, 
And when I was in the office, of course, I was nosy. I wanted to see everything that's going on, and I knew he was doing Halloween. So I see all these pictures up there, and I said to one of the guys in the office, I said, so uh, you got any more roles still open? I'd love to be in Halloween. He said, no, unfortunately, I think they're, they're at this time, all cast. So we're shooting Werewolf Woman of the SS, and I said to Rob, Rob, I would love to be in Halloween. He says, well, we're all... We're all past, but let me give it a thought. The end of that day, he comes to my trailer, knocks on the door, and he says, Sybil, I got the role for you. Oh, wow. You're going to play. You're, it's not a big role, but it's an important role because you're going to be the last person that little Mike Myers kills. And um, so I said, you know what? I don't care what you want me to play. I just want to be in it. Right. So there you go. So there it was. And he said, you're kind of a little bit, you know, she's like a nurse ranch kind of character. And uh, so that's what it is. Unfortunately, what you saw was cut down. But then again, you know, other people's roles were cut out uh, uh, that were in it. And, you know, he just has so many people that he really loves and loves to cast, you know, the actors that he likes that at the end of the day he has to cut somewhere, you know. Yep. So. I loved Halloween. But that's how I got to that movie. Very that's simple awesome. like that. That is awesome. You know what, Sybil? That's something that can jumpstart you back in there again. See, I mean, it don't have to be a big role. If you're placed in a movie that was big, there you go. There's your stepping stone back into the movie industry again. Bravo. Yeah, but you know what? It's also a hard act to follow, isn't it? I mean, after you've worked with Tarantino. Yep. In a Tarantino movie, in a Rob Zombie movie, where do you go from there? I turned down so many movies, you have no idea, because they were no good. I didn't like the script. Right. Either I didn't like the director, or I didn't like the script, or usually both. Um, then along comes Virus X. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I said... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay, well, this ain't no big movie. Well, this ain't no, you know, it's not Rob Zombie, and it's not... Uh, I know, it's hard um, act. You know, Tarantino movie, but I like the script, and it starts me with the script, unless, of course, you're talking to Rob Zombie. I mean, Rob, like I said to him, anything in Halloween, I mean, he if he's a fan of mine, he's not going to put me in there as the janitor, okay? All right. I know that. So, um, but um, I like the script. Then I met with, um, and actually I have to tell you, I really want him to have credit for it. I don't know if you know him, um, Dylan Vox. Oh, yeah. Dil- I, did, I did the lair with Dylan. I yep. mean, that's Fred Olin Ray, okay? And when the third season came up, um, Fred got me, and I ended up doing six of 13 uh, episodes and met Dylan Fox. And Dylan is a huge fan of mine. And after we worked together, um, he was talking to um, uh, Domiziano uh, Arcangeli, the Mm -hmm. uh, producer and one of the stars. Actually, they call him my lap dog. Yes. My lap dog. (laughs) I was going to say that. Um, uh, You know, they were talking, and and Dylan actually asked him and said, uh, who do you have for... uh, for the role of Danita Harrington and they said well we don't know we are talking to somebody and I don't want to mention who they mentioned and he said oh no you got to get Sybil Danning she'd be perfect and they said you know Sybil Danning he said yeah I know her you can call her he said yeah I can call her so anyhow long story short uh, that's how I got the script he emailed me and he said Sybil read the script and 
then I met with Ryan, who I really liked very much. I met mm-hmm. with with um, Domiziano, who I really liked. I like their energy. I love their vision. I love their passion. And I love that story. And I yep. said, hey, this is a good story, very well written. And uh, I knew it was a small movie. I didn't know how small, but I knew it was small. But I said, okay. You, there are some things you do because you want to be a part of it. Right. And uh, so I ended up being a part of it. And it was uh, a little bit of a departure for me in the in the sense that uh, they said, Sybil, we don't want you to look beautiful. You know, you are who you are. You're Basically, they wanted me more hag- haggish, you know, like mm-hmm. a real mean hag. But um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm giving away too much. Anyhow. Um, no, you're but not. I really loved uh, being a part of it. And um, there are some great actors in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a great little movie. And hey, I mean, Lionsgate is bringing out Virus X. Yep. On February one, two thousand and eleven. Yep. And um, I'm doing a lot of publicity for it. I'm I'm all behind it, one hundred percent. And uh, I really wish the movie much luck. And and um, and Ryan uh, is. You know, he, um, I don't know if people know, but this is his first directing, and he did a hell of a job. Yes, he did. I really loved working with him. He didn't let me get away with anything. Uh, he really, you know, won an award for, um, it was, um, I can't think the name of it, I'll tell you in a moment. But he actually won an award as a cinematographer. He was a cinematographer before. Okay. And um, and he, uh, this is his first directing. He also co-wrote the screenplay, and I just really, really loved his um, his energy. The they're, they're, these were young guys that had a, a vision, and uh, I wanted to be a part of it. And yep. I was really happy. I am a follower, but I am supporter of this movie as well. Like I said, I watched it yesterday, and I absolutely okay. love this movie. And Damiziano Arcangeli was one of the most creepiest people I've ever seen in that movie. Oh, yeah. That's oh, all i yeah. got to say. And I've talked to Joe Zazo, another mm-hmm. another neat guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, that, that movie, I'm telling you, once it gets released in February, it's going to surprise a lot of people. I think Matt Chasen alone is going to be surprised oh, how, this, yeah. how this movie is going to take off. Because I'm telling you something, for what you said... That movie, you know, for the for the budget that they had for that movie, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And yep, me too. I hate to say this, but the ending, it's a twist. I'm not going to say any more because I want to ruin it. No, don't give anything away. We want to we right. want our fans to go and see it. Yeah, right. But anybody who sees that, when they do see it, they're going to be shocked. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Yep, it's a big shocker, and it just just came to my mind now. You shocked me, and my brain's working. It was called Finale. Um, okay. Ryan won the uh, the best cinematography um, that was the Boston International Film Festival okay. for the movie finale as a uh, cinematographer. Yep. Okay. No, I I mean he was I I I loved him so much. There was one. It's a cute little story because here we are. We're having you know we didn't have caviar catered. This was a low budget. Mm-hmm. So we had we had uh, fried chicken and and uh, mm. and salad, okay, mm-hmm. and um, and I was having a little lunch, and of course everybody was eating, and and Ryan comes at the end, and I think there was like one and a half pieces of chicken left, and I thought somebody would have brought him chicken, but nobody did, 
and he comes and he's getting something he's getting something to drink and I and I grabbed that chicken and I said have you eaten he said no and I said here eat this <laughs> and he said oh thank you so much you know he hadn't eaten all day this was like three in the afternoon and I, I said you gotta eat he said oh no Sybil I eat breathe sleep feel live this movie that's all I can do and I said so what are you living off of he said Coca-Cola <laughs> Oh, boy. Coca-Cola was keeping him going. That was fueling him throughout the whole movie. Wow. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, he is slim, and I, I know he was doing that. And I just, you know, I just felt, you know, I guess my, not being a mother, I don't know, but for, yeah. for directors, uh, my mother instinct came out, and I, I had to get him to make sure he ate some chicken. I said, you eat your protein. You've got to get through this movie. We need you. Yeah. <laughs> He's a sweetheart. Well, may I ask you, do you got any other projects in the future coming up? Yes. Um, I actually, um, let's see now. You do know I did jump with um, with Patrick Swayze, too, and I want to mention it. Oh, yes. He has so many wonderful, wonderful fans, you know, from, you know, starting with uh, Dirty my two movies, uh, Dirty Dancing and Red Ghost. Dawn. And Ghost. And Red mm. Dawn was a great one. Yes, too. But those are my two favorite because I think that also showed the range he had. Yes. You know, the sensitivity of Ghost and then that fiery sexuality in, in Dirty Dancing. So, well, that opened up the Jewish Film Festival um, uh, two years ago here in Los Angeles. And uh, it's been to many festivals. It has not uh, been released officially released um, in the United States yet, but I, I'm really very proud of that movie, and, and I'm happy that I was able to work with him. So, just to mention one more thing of the past. Um, no problem. Um, then, um, what I have coming up, and I'm going to end with the movie, because um, I also have a Sybil Danning game in the works. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. It's going to be a game, and it's going to be based on the character that I know called Ruger from the movie L.A. Bounty. Okay. I don't own the movie, but I own the character. And uh, as you know, she was an LAPD cop who, when she didn't read some scumbags Miranda rights, they <laughs> they shot her off the LAPD, and so she became a bounty hunter and went after him. That was Wingshauser. And um, what the justice system didn't do, she did. She shot him dead. Wow. So Ruger lives on, not in L.A. Bounty anymore, but it's now just Ruger, the bounty hunter, and it's going to be a first-person shooter game. Oh, wow. So we're going to start nice. with that. I also already have a concept and a screenplay to do another movie or a TV series, whatever, We'll see, but that's in the works, and I love that because I love action, as you know. I mean, of all mm -hmm. the movies you mentioned there, if you would ask me which of the roles I like best, the two are when I play the German terrorist yep. in Entebbe and The Tomb. Nice. Because I do love action. I mean, then, of course, the other side of me is, you know, the horror and the, and the sci-fi because that's the kid in me because I've been a tomboy ever since I could walk I could climb trees you know <laughs> so um, yeah I was the kind of little girl I mean my mother told me when I was like six years old I'd run down to the junkyard and I'd be driving you know sitting pretending like I'm driving the car and I had a little boyfriend he had to sit shotgun 
<laughs> I was the driver. I was in charge. You know, you you're my race car partner here, but I was the driver. You know, right. Um, so I'm excited about having my own game, and uh, I'm writing a book. And uh, you're probably going to say, "Oh, everybody's doing that." I really didn't want to do it yet, but I'm being pushed. Um, and I have a wonderful editor. His name is Marshall Terrell, and he just wrote. I'm not sure if it's the third. For the fourth book, he just wrote um, another book on Steve McQueen. Okay. And he is an incredible, incredible writer. And he, I had actually asked him to co-write, and he said, No, Sybil, I don't want to co-write. I want to... Um, I just want to ed- be your editor. And uh, so I'm... I was supposed to have it done this year, but it's going to be next year. So I'm working on that book, and it'll be an autobiography. I will buy up, it. Up to date, okay? To I date. will buy it. And um, of the movies, I'm uh, I'm involved right now, and we're in the um, uh, contract stages. It's a it's a black comedy called uh, City of Shoulders and Noses: uh, Close Encounters with Italians. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be playing a. Um, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, <coughs> police officer in that. And um, if everything goes well, I want Lou to play um, my detective. Sweet. So, uh, but we've got other people to it that I can't talk about. Uh, that's going to be in that because we're just now in the planning stages of putting the co-financing together. So okay. That's where that is, and. Um, but that's wonderful, and uh, my partner's Tommy Ardolino, who's uh, based on his family. He's the writer of the script, and he's my co-partner, as well as George Parra, who um, produced uh, Sideways with Paul Giamatti. Okay. So uh, I have some good partners there. Now, the movie that I'm really working on right now, in, uh, which seems to be more difficult to put together than City of Shoulders and Noses, which is a much bigger budget, um, is a movie called The Last Revenant, and The Last Revenant is a vampire movie. Nice. And we'll have to do another interview, Scott. I cannot mention the names. I have a wonderful male lead interested. And besides myself, there are three young girls who are vampires in there. Wow. And myself. And uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, Joe Eckert is directing that. He just finished doing uh, a movie called Pizza Man with Frankie Mooney's. Yep. And um, he's a wonderful director. And he also directed a fantastic um, um, documentary called Champion. That was a documentary on Danny Trejo. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was... uh, I mean, you know, it's about him being an ex-convict, uh, you know, a drug counselor. He 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 basically went from being a drug dealer and a gang member and a thief, an armed robber and a felon and a convict, you know, to um, being a drug counselor for children, a role model, a friend, yep. a father, and then a movie star. So Danny yep. Trey was incredible, and and Joe directed that um, uh, that had Val Kilmer, Dennis Hopper, and. Robert Rodriguez and um, and Antonio Banderas did a little uh, cameo. So 
Joe is a wonderful, wonderful. He's um, his background is Colombian, but okay. he's uh, he's out in New York. But he's he is a wonderful director, not only with actors, and as you can see, he can draw wonderful names. Uh, you, you just heard who he had for a little documentary. Um, so I'm very excited in working with him, and um, um, I'm working on that as well. And it looks like the beginning of the year we could have some commitments as far as financing as well. You got. And then it. we can talk more about yes this, about can. that as well. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on. You are a sweetheart. You are fun to talk to. And, Scott, Mm -hmm. I have to plug my website. You go right ahead. Okay, unless you want to do that. I will put, actually, you can talk, you can mention it, and I will put it on the the interview on the podcast, the link. All right. Well, to all my fans out there, starting with you, Scott, thank you. Mm -hmm. And to all my fans out there, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Um, I want to wish everyone the best and I want to thank you all for being there for being my fans and for hanging in there when I was gone for so long and being back again I'm Danning is back I'm back kicking ass and I'm doing things and as long as you want to see me I'm going to keep doing it so thank you very much and if you want to find out what's going on besides uh, tuning in to Scott and uh, Gruesome Herzog, you can also go to my website, see what's going on. You can order pictures, order DVDs, uh, posters, whatever. Go to SybilDanning.net. That's S-Y-B-I-L-D-A-N-N-I-N-G.net. Your interview was incredible. Thank I you. mean, it was, uh, I, I just, I never stopped talking. I, I hope <laughs> we got it all in that you wanted. I think oh, we had to kind of... I think we had to kind of jump to 2007 to get it all in. Right. Yeah. But you know what? But the more yes. the merrier. The more the merrier. You know what I mean? Yes. And Scott, when um, he's of many things in no, my no, life, no. but never of being funny. <laughs> no, 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 hell no. I did. That was a that was a celebrity spread. That's called a celebrity spread. Yes, that's it. See, I don't. No pun yeah, intended. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was a celebrity spread, the cover and 10 pages inside, and that was 1983, August. Beautiful pictures. Beautiful girl. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, dear. Thank you, too. You take care. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.